Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us one more time around your throne of grace. We come by the blood of Jesus Christ, he that you sent here as your son, he that took upon our sins, he that was crucified upon the cross, and he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, and he triumphantly entered heaven and sat at your right hand. Thank you. We come in his name, and we know we are welcome when we come in the name of Jesus. Every accusation, everything that is held against us, may the blood of Jesus answer it. And we come and, and, and invite your Holy Spirit to be our teacher. May the Spirit of God completely take over our minds, take over every bodily movement, every movement in our body, every movement in our mind, in our brains. May the Spirit of God cause every distraction to cease. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, my Savior and my King, that the wisdom of God, the wisdom that comes from heaven, the wisdom that comes from above, that wisdom will override and silence every other voice. That the voice of the Lord, which is like many mighty waters, which is musical, may that voice drown out and crowd out every other voice. That you shall reign even as we hear your word. And as the word goes forth, we pray for wisdom, direction. Father, everyone that is stuck doesn't know the next step. May the wisdom of God provide the way. May the light of God lead. We pray in the name of Jesus that every darkness is blotted away, that the light of God goes forth as the word comes. Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that you are advancing us to the next level. You are advancing us to the next next level. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Beautiful. You are welcome. Thank you. I don't know how many of you were able to join the Flow Unity service this morning. We kind of posted it a bit late, um, but we will do better ne uh, next week. I think um, I didn't respond to Leslie in time for him to create a watch party, so I ended up posting the original um, um, link. But um, as long as it's available, we will continue broadcasting it. This morning, Bishop was speaking about the next level. And uh, one thing that he said that touched my heart was that he was paying tribute to someone who in secondary school or high school encouraged him to do everything by the word of God. And he calls her his spiritual mother, Betty. 
And she is the one that told Bishop that everything that you are doing, if there is not a scripture or a verse for it, don't do it. The scriptures, the word of God is your safety net. When the word of God has not sanctioned something, it's not supporting something, and you go ahead and do it, you put yourself in grave danger. Amen. Amen. Bishop Daxter, he used to, he used to go to the race, race uh, court and he used to gamble on horse racing. And he didn't find anything wrong with it. And, you know, she said, Betty said, give me a verse. Give me a verse that supports gambling on the, on the horses. He said, I don't have a verse. But Betty said, I have a verse. I believe that was First Thessalonians 5.22 or so. I forget the exact verse. But he said, that verse says that abstain from all appearances of evil. Or everything that looks evil, abstain from it. Sometimes something has not been directly mentioned in the Bible, but if it looks bad, she gave him that verse that if it looks bad, you know how they say, if it smells like a duck, it is a duck. Do you get it? So he was paying tribute to her because his life began to be governed by the word of God, by the by scriptures. And, and it is the safe place for us to be because you are going to discover you know, recently I found out that the scientists, the scientists say that they have discovered an unknown element, an unknown element. And that unknown element appears to be what carries on and causes all the planetary bodies and the equations and the formulas that hold the earth together. They say the unknown element is what holds it together. My dear friend, I don't know why they are calling it the unknown element. You and I know the unknown element. It is the word of God. Because what they don't want to acknowledge as God and his word. They say the unknown element. But what, what they forgot to tell you in science class, when they say the Big Bang, they forgot to tell you who gave the command for the Big Bang. How can something just erupt by itself without somebody causing it? Hmm. Are you there? Yeah, here is. You know, Brother Leslie, they, they taught us they taught us something called pie. And I don't mean the pie you eat, you know, like pie as in 22 over 7. That the relationship between the, the radius of a, a circle and then the circumference, uh, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is connected to that measure called pie. Mm. And this thing is true, LP4, it is true no matter the size of the circle, whether it's a small circle, a large circle, a medium-sized circle, the relationship between the, 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 the uh, pi and the circumference, it is, it is constant. It's a, it's a universal constant. Mm. How can it remain constant even when, if you are in Papua New Guinea or you are in Siberia or you are in Alaska or you are in uh, what you call Madagascar, where they speak different languages? Pi doesn't respect your accent. Pi does not respect the, the different language you speak. How come it has held true forever with no one being able to change it? Well, I'm going to tell you, and I think you know the answer. It's because of the word of God. Amen. When God said, let there be light, that command has not stopped. If the, if the command let there be light was ever to stop, then the sun will stop shining. Is that not so? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. 
That tells us the place the word of God should have in our lives cannot, we don't even have vocabulary to describe it. Now, last week, as we talk about the determinants, mm-hmm. we started talking about um, how to improve your wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. How to improve your wisdom. And, you know, we read a scripture from James chapter one. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally. So, brother Leslie, I'm going to mention a lot of verses quickly, but just for this one, I'm going to read it so that we will keep going. So, I want to introduce to you that when we speak of wisdom, there is a wisdom that is the architecture of the whole universe is built on. When we say architecture, it is like the foundations of how something is built. So the house you are living in, an architect designed it before the mason could build it. Do you get it? And I'm submitting to you that even before the forklift that carried the concrete and carried the wood, even before they carried the wood and the concrete to the construction site, of your house, even before they brought the sheet rock or the, the, the roofing sheets or whatever they brought, somebody designed it. And the design had to meet certain criteria. What do I mean by that? Well, based on the size of the house, you need a certain amount of cement, you need a certain amount of wood, you need a certain amount of metal. Mm-hmm. You cannot cut corners with architecture. If you do that, the building will collapse at some point. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So you will see that in building a house, you just don't need power, which is, which is the, 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 um, the, the, the machinery that is used to carry heavy equipment. That one is power. That one, you need power. But there is a wisdom that goes into the house. There is a wisdom that goes into it that... The wisdom determines criteria and parameters and measures. And the wisdom works with the power. So after the architect has designed that based on the weight we are going to put on this car creeper, we need this amount of steel. We need this amount of uh, wood. Then you need the heavy lifting equipment to lift it up. Now, if all you bring to the construction site is the heavy lifting equipment, which demonstrates power, and you neglect wisdom, hmm. you are going to be, I don't want to say it, I don't want to say it, something bad. Because the, because the scripture tells us in First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 to 24, it says, Jews demand signs. Listen to this very carefully. I'm reading it for you. First Corinthians 1, 22 to 24. Jews demand signs. In other words, Jews are looking for miracles. They are looking for a demonstration of power. Jews demand signs and Greeks search for wisdom. And the Greek represents usually the Western world because the Western world has been impacted by the Greek culture. Do you get it? We, 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 are, we, are, we inherited the quest for wisdom. Everything must make sense. But let's see. Please don't show it. Let me just continue so that I can see the people's faces for now. 
Okay. I, I want to read this one for you. So, the Jews demand science, the Greeks search for wisdom. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. But then Paul said, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews. Why is it a stumbling block to the Jews? Because if Jesus is the son of God, the Jews were expecting him to do a miracle to save himself. They expect a power display to save himself. So they, 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 that was a weakness to the Jews. It's like they don't acknowledge weakness. Mm. So that is why Jesus dying on the cross was a stumbling block. And then Christ is also, the crucifixion of Christ is also foolishness to the, to the Greeks who are also into wisdom. There are two groups of people in the world. Some are craving for wisdom, some are craving for power. But the scripture says in verse 24, but to those who are called, that is you and me, those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. Sometimes you need power. There are times you need power. You don't need a long speech. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. But there are times what you need for the next step in your life is not a display of power. It is rather wisdom. Because without wisdom, when the power comes to bring you deliverance, you will go back. You will go, because you have not changed the way you think, you will go back onto a certain behavioral pattern which will bring back you to the same thing that you were delivered from. Hallelujah. So you will see that it is not either or, you need both. Hallelujah. You need both wisdom and you need power. But many instances, the wisdom component is often neglected. The wisdom component, if you were to make a, a, a announce for a meeting, that we are having a, a meeting where we are going to be anointing people with oil and the power of God, more people will come. But if you tell them you are going to have a word, uh, what do you call it, a wisdom display of the word of God, few people are interested in that. Mm. But what happens is that very often, many believers are operating like people who only seek their doctor for surgery. It doesn't make sense to be going for surgery every time. In fact, if every time you are sick, your doctor does surgery on you, you will be finished. Your body will be finished. You see, one, one time I had a, an injury and I went to see my doctor. And the doctor said, I'm only prescribing this um, strong pain medication for you just for three days. I said, why? He said, no, we, we can't keep you on this. This thing is like, like a certain pain medication. When you take it, you see that the pain, uh, the pain just flies away. Okay. But then after the, the medicine has finished, the pain comes back. And so you are going to become dependent on it. The doctor said, what you need is to go for physical therapy. What? You need to sign up for physical therapy because that was the wisdom the doctor was saying that we are not going to keep you in this pain medication. He said it's too easy to keep you there. It's not going to solve the underlying problem. Sometimes the underlying problem is the wisdom move. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to read another scripture from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10, chapter 3, verse 13 to 19. Okay. All of this is to make you be interested in the wisdom of God because it is one of the determinants. Once you get interested in it, then you'll be interested in why you should seek 
to improve on your wisdom. Proverbs 3.13, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom? And the man, well, when you say man, you understand, it's gender neutral. How blessed is the person who finds wisdom? And the person who gains understanding for her profit is better than the profit of silver. And her gain is better than fine gold. The hair is referring to wisdom. Wisdom is symbolized by a woman in the, in the scriptures, especially in the book of Proverbs. So finding wisdom is better than finding silver and gold. Then verse 15, she is more precious than jewels. Wisdom is more precious than jewels. Jewels are very pricey, you know. If you show somebody your ring, people who are very nosy and very uh, whatever, they begin to inspect whether it is, it is real or whether it is a, a fake. Look, somebody show you their ring, just admire it and walk away. But people know the difference in the prices. Do you get it? But wisdom is more pricey than jewels. And nothing you desire compares with wisdom. Listen to this, verse 16. Long life is in her right hand. So when you gain wisdom, you actually live longer. Long life is in her right. There are certain things that when your mind is working right and you are following the wisdom of God, you actually increase your your, your, how long you will live. Long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. You are going to get riches and you are going to get honor. You are going to be honored by your wisdom. And it says, her ways are pleasant ways, and her, all her paths are peace. 18. She said, tree of life to take those to, 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 to those who take hold of her. Tree of life? The last time we heard of tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. Is that not so? Mm-hmm. When yeah. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, so they cannot go back to go and eat of the tree of life. The tree of life symbolizes the very life of God, the life of Christ. When you find wisdom, when you find Christ, you have found wisdom. And it is the tree of life because the tree of life is the fruit when you eat, you will never die. And happy are those who hold her fast. Verse 19, it says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. You would think the Lord founded the earth by power. But it says here, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. I want you to be on a quest for wisdom. The next level of your wisdom. What is the next, the next new thing you need to know? What is that something that you don't know today that you need to know? And by the way, wisdom is just not knowledge. Is just higher than knowledge, but wisdom is applied knowledge. The ability to apply what you know to, to, to innovatively to, to do something. So you can know a lot, but you don't know how to apply it. That's not wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you following Amen. the message? Yes. How to improve your wisdom? How to develop into a man of wisdom and knowledge? Last week we started, and today is part two. We learned that one way, to recog- one way to increase wisdom is to notice and recognize things. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That is when we read about Jeremiah, the Lord asking him, what do you see? To be able to notice and recognize things is you are on your road 
to growing in wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Then we talked about considering things and meditating on it. When you notice something and you consider it, you ponder over it. If you are not just somebody who is just glossing over things all the time, look, a lot of things are happening all the time, but people are not paying attention. This morning, the bishop was saying a missionary, somebody who has gone on mission somewhere, and then when they picked him up at the airport, from the airport to where he's going to live is an hour ride. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. And this person, instead of watching, because you, you have arrived at a new country, do you see? Mm-hmm. For one hour ride, you have the opportunity to look and, and, and consider what is on the road. Instead, this person is on the phone, sending WhatsApps and forwarding WhatsApps. So the whole one hour ride, you spend it on your phone. You didn't learn anything you may see if you are very observant and you consider and you ponder over things, you become wiser. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. A friend of mine, I think I, I, I talked about him before. He was uh, made a global international head of a certain group in his company. But he himself, a lot of the things they were talking about were too complex. He didn't have experience with it. Meanwhile, the senior manager had told every one of the international heads that this guy is so smart, he can even walk on water. <laughs> Do you get it? Mm-hmm. So, so, so my friend, he told me when he attended the meeting, he, people were looking for him to say, to say something that is so extraordinary, something wise. Because if you've been introduced as someone who is so smart, you can walk on water. The expectation is very high. So whenever he's going to the meeting, he was panicking. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. But he had one little secret. He would sit quietly and listen to what people are saying. What people are saying. So this one will make a contribution. Then you ask this one, what do you think? What do you think about what this person said? He will listen to everyone. And when everybody has finished talking, he will summarize it. He will just add 0.1% to it. But everything he's saying, he heard it from others, but they don't know he heard it from them. <laughs> In the end, somebody said, they don't call you, you can walk on water for nothing. <laughs> because he was observant and he pondered over things. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe we also talked about asking questions. Asking questions. If you ask questions. You see, there's a difference between asking questions and arguing. When you are asking questions, you genuinely don't know something. And you say, okay, I don't know. Tell me. Then you ask another question, then you are explained to you. But a person who is argumentative, they already are entrenched in their position. They already know the answer. And they are actually trying to tell you, you are wrong. So that's, that, that's the difference you can make between the two. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are adding a few others. So today, we are talking about how do you improve your wisdom? How do you become a person of knowledge and wisdom? How do you develop? Well, one we are adding today is acknowledging and honoring, acknowledging and honoring a person that is displaying wisdom. For you to have wisdom, this one, but let's uh, display it for us. Luke chapter 11, verse 31. When you acknowledge and honor where wisdom is displayed, then it will come to you. Everything you attack 
will not come to you. But what you admire and you pursue and acknowledge and honor, that is what will come to you. Hallelujah. Amen. You try and have a pet. Every time the pet is coming near you, 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 you beat it. Hey, 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 go away. Hey, hey. You become like a tarot in the house. The moment the pets are around, the moment you enter the house, they know and they can smell that you have arrived. They will run away because you do them, hey, 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 hey. But if you want the pets to come to you, there's a way you cuddle them. If you want wisdom, you acknowledge wisdom and you honor wisdom. Look at this, the Lord Jesus speaking. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. She will do what to them? She will condemn them. Why? For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. Pause there for a moment. Jesus was deriding the audience that he was speaking to. He was telling them that you people are not acknowledging my wisdom. You are not acknowledging that something great is here. Mercy. Jesus was telling, so Jesus is making specific reference to the queen of the south. How many remember the name of the queen of the south who came to hear the wisdom of Solomon? Sheba. Sheba. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus, in case the people don't get, so that the people don't get confused, he's saying, that, look, by the way, someone greater than Solomon is here. <laughs> so, so, so my wisdom is higher than the wisdom of Solomon. However, I am using, I am using this Solomonic example to show you that it is important to do what? To acknowledge and honor wisdom. Why is the queen of the south, why is the queen of Sheba going to condemn this generation? She's going to condemn this generation because she's going to tell them, you people, you had greater wisdom than in my days. Do you get it? You had greater wisdom in my days and you disrespected it. You did not acknowledge it. You did not honor it. Me, when I had Solomon, who was the wisest man at that time, I traveled from far. Some believe that Queen of Sheba came from Ethiopia. Some believe that Ethiopia is the... Um, uh, right, Leslie, you can um, show me the faces of the people again. Some believe that many, some believe that Ethiopia is Sheba. In fact, the Ethiopian Coptic Church, they say, you know, that when you go to Ethiopia, there are Jewish people there, there are Ethiopian Jews, some of whom were even removed to Jerusalem, you know, uh, during the, the days of, uh, I, forget, I forget the year. So here is the, here is the story that these Ethiopian Jews say that they descended from the queen of Sheba, whom um, um, Solomon, you know Solomon, he was very, very scratchy. It is, it, is, it is believed that Solomon put her in the family way by the time she went back home. 
That that is the what the Ethiopians are saying. You get it. And they say that the Ethiopian great Ethiopian king Menelik, if you heard of Menelik, those of you study history, he 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 talks about his ancestry from from um, Menelik the Great talks about his ancestry from Queen of Sheba and Solomon. But actually, that's not the topic we are discussing. The topic is that the Queen of Sheba heard of the, she heard of the, of the, uh, what do you call it? Um, wisdom. The wisdom of Solomon. And what did she do? She traveled. I want, I want to go to the original passage in the scripture. Okay? I want to go to Second Chronicles chapter nine, brother. Let's see. let's go there. Second Chronicles chapter nine. If you recognize where wisdom is displayed, it will come to you. But if you poo poo on it, if mm. you trash it, mm. if you if you say, "Oh, what? Uh, what is this?" Because keep in mind, by the way, keep in mind. The queen of Sheba, she was a queen herself. Now, let's just read. Let me just stop talking and let the, script, the scripture speak to you. Now, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions. You see, you see the queen of Sheba herself was a wise queen. She, was, she had her own taste. I mean, she was powerful in her own right. Which is why sometimes people don't go forward because they feel powerful in their own right and they are not willing to acknowledge someone higher. Are you listening to me? Amen. But the Queen of Sheba, head of Solomon, she came with what? A great retinue. Camels, double spices, mm-hmm. gold in abundance, and precious stones. I mean, she's coming to seek wisdom. What is she bringing all these things for? She's bringing all these things to acknowledge and to honor the great man Solomon she's coming to meet. Amen. 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 You see, you may say, well, you know, New Testament, Jesus Christ has died for us. You don't need to do these things. Jesus referred to this episode and used that to tell the people that he was preaching to that if you don't acknowledge and receive me, the queen of Sheba who did the right thing in the days of Solomon, in the day of judgment, she will rise up. Even if I wanted to free you, let you go, queen of Sheba will, will condemn you. Look at it. She brought camels that bought spices, gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. She had lots of questions. So Solomon answered all her questions. She came to test whether what she has heard about Solomon was true. Mm. But you see, you cannot, you cannot know what is there until you engage it. There was nothing so difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, now look at this thing, look at this thing. Wisdom is visible. This is, a, this, is a, this is something very, very special. It's a special verse in the Bible. We think of wisdom as in the head. But what is in the head would eventually translate into something that is visible. Mm. Are you there? Yeah, here. Right? Once she has seen the wisdom of Solomon, it means that the wisdom of Solomon 
had been translated into something that can be visible, that can be seen. So that, that is why Jesus one time said, wisdom is justified by her children or wisdom is justified by her fruits. <coughs> if somebody said they are wise, it is not by what they are saying. It is by what it is visible. So now the list is coming. The wisdom of Solomon is now being displayed in the form of a list. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not being displayed in the form. I think this passage is a long passage. So let me get it and then I will read it so that I can see your faces. <laughs> because uh, the passage of the second Chronicles chapter what? Nine. Is that not so? We have verse three. We have verse three. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, what, what did she see? The house that he had built. So wisdom builds things. The house that she had built, the food on his table, the food on his table. Many people don't have much. Many, many, many people don't have much. But they, because of the wisdom God has given them, they know how to manage with what they have. So they are not starving. But there are also some of us who have much, but they lack because they, they are wasteful. Hallelujah. Amen. So she is noticing the food on the table as a display of wisdom. <clears throat> the seating of his servants. The seating of his servants. You may say, well, how people sit down, it doesn't matter. How you sit down matters. You go for an interview, you need to sit straight. You need to sit in a posture that shows you are interested in the interview. Do you get it? You don't sit relaxed in a certain way like this. And then a few, a few times you yawn. Um, you yawn. Because you see, look at something. Oh. Wisdom is not something, it's in your head. We can't see what is in your head. But how you behave is displaying the wisdom you are operating in. And the queen of Sheba is noticing some things. The seating of a servant. Like she noticed that when they, set, they had a, a nice dinner for her. Uh, what do you call it? Presidential uh, dinner. And then she, he, she noticed the way the servants are seated. And the way they set the food on the table. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. There is a certain order to it. And then the service of his waiters and their apparel. Even what they were apparel, the waiters and the waiters, what they were wearing, the, the apparel itself spoke to her. You see, you know what this thing tells me? It tells me that the queen of Sheba herself, she was very wise. Because remember last week's point, the one who notices things and ponders over them, that is a sign of wisdom, or you're on the road to wisdom. For her to notice, because somebody will just come and eat, drink water and burp, eat and burp, and just walk home without noticing anything. But she is noticing that even the way the waiters and waiters are dressed, that is a display of wisdom. Do you get it? His cupbearers and their apparel. His entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. 
she was even watching how Solomon entered the house of the Lord, how he walked to the house of the Lord. Have you heard somebody say that? Why are you walking like you don't like your legs? <laughs> like there's a certain way of walking. Do you get it? <laughs> I remember when I was growing up, they were telling the ladies, the young ladies. I remember one elderly woman tell a young lady, look, you are a lady. Don't walk like that. There's a way you should walk. Mercy. You may think these things don't matter. <laughs> you may think it doesn't because if you walk like aimlessly and throwing yourself around, I mean, somebody might think that something up there is, is out of work. Do you get it? Yeah. So, so the Queen of Sheba is making a list of the things that she has noticed. How Solomon went up to the house of the Lord. The Bible said there was no more spirit left in her. No more spirit. It's like she was overwhelmed. She was so impressed. But she is also a queen. How can a queen of another land be impressed by another? Because she noticed that there is something this one has that I don't have. There is something I can learn from here. There is a wisdom I can receive. There is something I can gather. I am also a, a big person in my own right. But I can hear something new. I can learn something new. This is what will move you forward. But if you have a mind that, oh, I mean, I, I got all that I need. I got all that I need. Uh, th- that will make you not acknowledge higher wisdom. You won't even think of honoring it. But that is not your story. I know you honor and you acknowledge wisdom. Then she said to the king, verse 5, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe their words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. So she's saying that the people who are always before you, they are blessed. Amen. 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 Sometimes, sometimes an outsider has to show you what you have. Because when you are around something so much, so often, you may not notice it. You may easily become familiar with it. One day, somebody who is a bishop of a certain denomination, his his own overseer and uh, uh, apostle of his own denomination, this person met one of our pastors and was talking to him and was asking him about some of the camps bishop have had and was asking about some of the messages. And the pastor from our denomination didn't know that such a camp even exists. Such a message has even been preached. Meanwhile, this other person who is, by the way, related to LP, uh, LP uh, Mabel, who is, uh, this person is a, is a senior person. He is his own founder of his own denomination. But he is listening to Bishop Dark's message. And he's telling one of our pastors that, ah, but are you sure you are in this church? Because I, I have listened to this message. I am, I am, a, a, what do you call it? A, um, you know, my own, uh, he's a founder of another denomination. He's not one of our bishops. 
He's a, he's a, he's a big man on his own. He said, I'm listening, I'm following your vision, but you, you don't, you don't recognize him. And this man is even much older than Bishop Dark, a senior minister. Mm. And so he was, he marveled, he marveled, he marveled wow. at the mm. pastor of the church who has not seen the grace of God that is in the house. And he, somebody else had to tell, the, t- tell him, are you following? We are following you. So look, look at it. He said, blessed are your men and happy are your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Wow. Blessed be the Lord your God. Look, by the time she was leaving, she had, she had converted. I don't know what God she, she used to worship. <laughs> but by the time she went back to Ethiopia, you see the Ethiopian Jews, uh, she brought the uh, 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 Jewish religion there. By the way, another group of Ethiopian Jews also say that the Ethiopian Enoch in Acts chapter 8 is the mm. one that brought Christianity there. So when Let's we go see. to heaven, we will, we will interview them, we will find out which one. But by all means, look at, blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you and set you on high on his throne to be king for the Lord your God. Because your God has loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore, he made you king over them to do justice and righteousness. Wow. This, these are the words of the queen of Sheba. Very no wonder Jesus says in Luke, you know, that Luke 11 31, that in the final judgment, the queen of Sheba will rise up and pull her, her uh, what do you call it? Her slit up. If you know slit, we know what we call slit. She will pull it up. She will tie it like this. She will tie the, the, the belt around her slit. Do you get it? And she will yeah. stand up and say, you people, mm. I only had Solomon. Who was the wisest man? But you guys have Jesus Christ, the wisdom of the age, and you are not listening. By this, Jesus is saying, there is something to be said for acknowledging and honoring a gift and acknowledging and honoring a wisdom. And it is an invisible spiritual principle that one sometimes even the acknowledging it may not even be public. It may not even be public. It may be in your heart. Quietly. Yeah. You acknowledge. You honor. But spiritual seeds will transmit to you. My dear friend, the world is not run by mathematics. I remember one presidential candidate. He was losing so miserably in the, in the polls. When they interview him, this presidential candidate is also an ordained minister. Do you get it? He was losing so miserably in the post. So, the, the journalist interviewed him. So, based on the post, how do you think you can pull this thing off? He said, I'm operating not only in the book of numbers. I also operate in the book of miracles. Amen. Amen. In other words, the numbers may not tell, the numbers may be telling that you are down. But because of the supernatural power of God, the supernatural wisdom of God, you are coming out of where you are in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I believe we have time to add maybe one more. Go ahead. Uh, one more uh, of, the, of the keys to improving wisdom. Okay. You see, one of them is understanding. Understanding is the next step. Matthew 13, you know, the parable of the sower. He that hears the word of God and understands it not 
Yes. The evil one comes to take that word away. So you see, we are going to have a whole series of, on understanding, but wisdom is very linked to understanding. Mm. So I, I, I won't spend so much time on it, but if you don't understand what you are doing, mm. that is when the devil gets access to your heart. Let me just say that. If you understand what you are doing, it blocks off the devil. But if you don't understand, then the scripture, the, 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 the parable of the sower, the seeds that fell somewhere that the people don't have deep roots of understanding, then the evil one comes and takes the word away. We will reserve that for when we get to the series on, on understanding. But I want to add one last one. The secret to improving wisdom is copying. Copying is a big step to acquiring knowledge and wisdom. Why is that? You see, the Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. Mm. A lot of things that are working is working because somebody is wise enough that look from the way things are going. I mean, of course, I mean, copying the right way, right? That's right. The the, 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 the people of Korea, Bishop always gives this example. When people started making cars, okay, the Germans had already made cars and they were advanced. And the Koreans too started making cars. People started laughing at them. You see, when people laugh at you, let them laugh. Because if you learn how to copy a wisdom that is proven, mm. a wisdom that exists, you then begin to operate at a level even beyond your age. That's right. Beyond your age. You, you see, because of the wisdom of the scriptures, you can, you, God will give you a grace that you can advise people older than you. I mean, how many of us were born with that type of wisdom? We were not. But we grow into it. We Amen. learn and we copy. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 22. Jesus Christ himself, the wisdom of God made flesh, the word of God made flesh. When he came on the earth, until the writing of the New Testament scriptures, how many know the only scriptures that were available were the Old Testament scriptures? And the Lord Jesus read it. When Jesus was being tempted, how many know he was quoting from Deuteronomy? All the three things he said, that's not test the Lord thy God. The first temptation, can you convert this stone into bread? He said, man shall not live by bread alone. What was Jesus saying? He was copying from Moses. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. He was quoting, whenever you are quoting a scripture, you are copying. You are not inventing a new scripture. The scripture that is already there, you copy you grow in wisdom faster when you know how to see what is already in existence and then take it and use it. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. Jesus has now left the wilderness after the temptation. He appears in Nazareth. Okay. He appears in Nazareth and he begins to preach. Nazareth is where he grew up. What message is Jesus bringing to his hometown. Is he going to talk about Aaron's beard? Is he going to talk about uh, something that is complex? No. Jesus opens the book of Isaiah. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. 
So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Jesus was, Jesus was very regular in church, you see. He, as his custom was, means that he did that all the time. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. So they gave him, back in the day, the book of the prophets were bound as singular volumes. So Isaiah was a separate volume bound, you know, uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, it wasn't all bound together. So they gave him the, the scroll for Isaiah. When they gave it to him, he opened it and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim mm. liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So he quoted Isaiah 61, verse 1 and part of verse 2. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember, this is the son of God himself who has come on the earth. As a matter of fact, he is the word of God made flesh. Mm. And when he began to preach, he didn't find it too shameful or uh, embarrassing to go and take somebody else's message. You know, this is a message Isaiah preached in Isaiah 61. Yeah, it's powerful. Five chapters before Isaiah's message ended, uh, Jesus goes there and he lifts it up and he preaches it. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. He starts from there, he begins to explain. And when he had done, when he had finished quoting the scripture, do you know what he said? No. He said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Mm. You see, Isaiah didn't say that. But this is what you call, Jesus is putting commentary. He's commenting on the scripture. That's right. You see, when you start, when you start by copying, you start on your road to wisdom by copying. As you are copying, as you are implementing what is already there, God will give you an insight. Amen. An additional insight. Hallelujah. To augment, to add to what you are seeing. Preach. But if you don't want to start from anywhere, mm. do you get it? Mm-hmm. You don't want to start from, you don't want to use anything somebody has said. You don't want to acknowledge Jesus is using the scriptures. He is copying directly from Isaiah. Mm. The Bible said, after he said that, he closed the book and he sat down. And all eyes were on him. And he began to say to them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Wow. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Hallelujah. Amen. Bishop Dark said he noticed this when he was at Achimote School. When he was a part of the scripture, you know, he was a leader. He said, when he started preaching, he started sharing his understanding of the scriptures. But he noticed somebody started giving him tapes of Prophet Hagan, Papa Hagan. And then from time to time, he would listen to Papa Hagan's message and then go and preach the same thing. He's copying a message Papa Hagan has preached. In the same way, Jesus is copying a message Isaiah preached 700 years before Jesus was born. Mm, a preaching. Now, Bishop, that's why he noticed something. 
He said, when he preaches the message that he had soaked from Papa Hagan, that people were blessed and people used to come to him. I am, this is so powerful. Mm. But he didn't, he didn't tell them where he, he was getting he that from. <laughs> so, 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 so he said he noticed the difference yeah. between when he, he, he studies his own scriptures to go and share and then when he goes to share Papa Hagan's message. Why? Because he's a new preacher coming up. You are starting something new. You are entering a territory you have not been before. Don't be too much big man. Don't be too known. Don't mm. say, I cannot take from somebody and I cannot copy. Let's see. Bishop noticed that and he began to soak in Papa Hagan's messages. He soaked up until even an anointing jumped on him, if you know what happened as to whom. That's right. So you see, all of us have the Holy Spirit. This notion that we all have the Holy Spirit, it will kill your ministry. Let's see. It, it is true. You have the Holy Spirit. But God has endowed certain people with gifts for you. For your call and for your destiny. There's a reason why you are here. There's a reason why you are in this church. But there are some who have a mind that we all have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I won't even soak in messages of the house. Do you know who else fell to that? Those of you who took the exams in the lay people in the ministry, you discovered about Korah and the people. Korah and Nathan and Abihu. These were Levites. Do you know who the Levites were? Those were the chosen race, the chosen tribe, who God has said they should do the service of the tabernacle. Hallelujah. Amen. Among, among the Levites, there was a difference. Among the Levites, you had Moses and Aaron. And Aaron's children were supposed to do the direct service. And the other Levites were supposed to do what? Help. Now, Korah, and the, the other guys who were also Levites, they said to Moses and Aaron, you people take too much upon yourself. We are all the congregation of the Lord. We are all holy. Do you get it? That's we right. All holy. It is the same as saying we all have the Holy Spirit and therefore I won't listen to messages. I won't soak in the house messages. I will, <laughs> I will follow my own thing. Look. Every bad thing that can happen to somebody is recorded in the Bible. And every good thing that can happen to somebody is recorded in the Bible. The sad thing, remember, is to see something bad that happens mm. to somebody and you also fall for the same thing. Let's see. When I was studying in Norway, one day I was, I was uh, uh, following some people and, and it has snowed. And I saw two people, one person step in the snow and fall down. And the second person step in that same spot and fall down. <laughs> what do you think if I'm smart, what I'm going to do? I look at the thing and I said, this is a bad place. I will step, I will walk outside that place. One time. You don't have to fall where others are falling. Korah and Nathan and Abihu, they were Levites. They were yeah, preaching. They were special. They were great people. Mm. But they didn't learn how to submit to the one God has called as Aaron or Moses. They said, mm. we, all, we are all leavers. You people are taking too much upon yourself. That thing mm. destroyed them. What mm. I mean to them, I don't want to repeat it because I don't want to prophesy a bad thing. But I'm yes. advising you. Mm. Like, like one, one, one woman, one woman, the, the wife was so upset with him, was saying a lot of things. And I said, what, are you insulting me? He said, no, I'm not insulting you. I'm advising you. So I'm, ad- I'm, ad- I'm advising. Well, sometimes you see you need to. The, the, what the woman is saying is actually right. You, yeah. As a husband, you know that what he's, he's saying is right. 
you, you need to listen to it. You see? Preach. Pain. You know who else did some copying? John the Baptist. Wow. John the Baptist. One day, the Jewish elders sent a delegation from Jerusalem into the wilderness where John the Baptist was baptizing. And they asked him, who are you? Are you the Messiah? Are you uh, Jeremiah? Are you Ezekiel or are you the prophet? He said, I am not the Messiah. I am not Jeremiah. I am not, I am not uh, uh, the prophet. Then they said, who are you? Who gave you authority to baptize? You know what the John the Baptist did? He quoted nah. from the same Isaiah. Isaiah was very popular in those days, you know. John the Baptist said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. wilderness. Make straight the path of the he didn't just invent it. He is not a rabbit he pulled out of his bag. He's learned it. You see, take the pressure off of you. Just copy. Learn something that is working and copy. He took it from Isaiah. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make mm. the path of the Lord. Mm. And then they send that message to the, the Jewish elders. Wow. As I end, I want us to pray that God will give us the heart of humility. Amen. To know what to do, the next thing, next, the next thing you are going to do, we all need humility. Bishop mentioned this morning that the kingdom of God, the doors are three feet tall. Mm. So in order to go through the door, you have to bend down and go like this. If you are too big and you don't want to bend down, you cannot go through the doors in the kingdom. I want you to pray for yourself. Thank you, Jesus, King Thank of you, Glory, Lord, Lord of all Lords. I pray. For the wisdom to know what to do. I pray for the wisdom to know what to do in the name of Jesus. I pray for the wisdom to know what to do as my next step. What is the next best thing that I'm doing in the name of Jesus? Let the wisdom of God lead me. Let the wisdom of God direct me. Masuri Thank you, Sovereign Lord. Thank you, King of Glory. In the name of Jesus. For the wisdom that is from above. <clears throat> that will silence the wisdom of our flesh and the wisdom of our own mind. Thank you that we have the mind of Christ. Who is the wisdom of God and the power of God? Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father, for advancing us to the next step in Jesus' name. Now, I'd like you to come along with me and let's rededicate our lives to the Lord. And if you are here, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, the control of your life. Acknowledge that you can't run your life. You need God's forgiveness. The Bible says, All have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. But the Bible says that God is willing to forgive you if we call upon Him through Jesus Christ. So pray after me. Thank you, my Savior. Thank you, my Savior. That you love me enough. That you love me enough. To die for my sins. You die for my sins. Thank you, you raised me from the dead. Thank you, you raised me from the dead. When you yourself was raised from the dead. When you yourself was raised from the dead. And you declared me righteous. And you declared me righteous. Thank God I am born again. Thank God I am born again. I am no more limited to the flesh. I am no more limited to the flesh. I am no more limited to my natural weaknesses. I am no more limited to my natural weaknesses. 
I have the wisdom of Christ. I have the wisdom of Christ. And I have the power of Christ. And I have the power of Christ. In Jesus' name and amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. We're going to take our, our offering and our tithes. Let's bring it up before the Lord. Whenever we mention offering and tithe, think of the Lord. Think of, imagine you are walking up to the throne of God and you are coming with a gift to God and with that with your heart because it is an act of worship as Brother Eric always says. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we commit our offerings and our tithes to you. We invite you to bless it. Father, you took two loaves of bread and five pieces of fish and you multiplied it. We ask you to multiply the seed we are sowing by faith and increase us and make your children succeed Mm -hmm. and lift us up from being at the bottom of the pile so that the kingdom of God will be visible to this unbelieving world who are only impressed by physical things they can see. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.